Hi everyone, good morning or evening, afternoon, wherever you're listening to this recording. Um, again, this is Ray of the Fashion Pulpit and welcome to The Power of Swapping. And today we have a very special guest um, that came all the way from the U.S. Um, we're having a, um, a Zoom call with her and this is gonna be fun because uh, we wanted to reach out to her a long time ago but this is the great chance for us to have it um, again we will be discussing about clothes swapping secondhand and why we believe in clothes swapping and without further ado I'm gonna introduce you our guest for today um, Nicole of Swap Society hi Nicole Hi, Ray. How are you? <laughs> Great. Thank you for doing this and taking a time for us to have you um, in this session. Of course. I'm always excited to talk about swapping. It's my favorite topic. Same <laughs> <laughs> yes, here. Cool. So for those of you who only have heard about Swap Society and Nicole, um, she's been doing this for three years. Correct me if I'm that's correct. Yeah, about a little over three years. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And um, to give you a brief background of, of Nicole, um, I have it on my phone, just not to skip any important details. So <laughs> and for those of you who have not um, heard about Nicole, so Nicole Robertson is a sustainable fashion advocate and the founder of Swap Society, an online clothing swap for women and kids in the USA. Prior to founding Swap Society, Nicole, Nicole's passion for the environment led her to work as VP of Marketing for a NASDAQ bioplastic manufacturer, which she can share it to us later on. A cosmetic industry veteran, she previously held several senior level positions for beauty companies, including Beautyfix, Bydermstorm.com, Red Siegel Beauty and Proctor Gumbles Reflect. She is also an accomplished musician and retired dancer who lives in Los Angeles with her husband and their two sons. So help me welcome Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so without further ado, can you tell us more about yourself and how do you end up creating Swap Society? Sure. So as you mentioned, um, I worked in the cosmetics industry for a long time. Um, and I wasn't feeling, you know, personally, I consider myself to be an environmentalist. And I wasn't feeling like my career was in tune with my personal passion, if that makes sense. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love good beauty products, and I still <laughs> use them. And, um, you know, so it's, it's not that I that I don't, you know, it's not like I was working in something that I didn't have any like for. But right. I think that after being in that industry for a long time, you know, I just, I don't know, it just didn't feel as fulfilling anymore. And I had a really kind of random opportunity to go and work for a bioplastics manufacturer, which is about as far away from beauty and cosmetics as you can get, unless of course you're dealing with packaging or something, but it was B2B, um, you know, it wasn't consumer facing. I had spent, you know, most of my career working in beauty. I, I started working as a makeup artist um, when I was dancing professionally and I was singing um, professionally. And so I basically had this very wild schedule of, you know, 
dance rehearsals and performances and, you know, singing in clubs at night, you know, gigging. And then by day I was, you know, painting people's faces. So, um, <laughs> so all really creative stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went and worked for this bioplastics company. And I mentioned that because it really kind of was a bit of a pivotal moment for me where I really started looking more deeply at my personal consumption. So, you know, before zero waste was a popular term like it is right now. I mean, I, I won't say that I've ever been fully zero waste by any stretch of the imagination. And I always say I'm an aspiring zero waster. Um, but, um, but I... But, you know, I was a bulk shopper um, for many, many years. And I was, you know, using reusable things. And I was a thrifter. And, you know, there were a lot of different things that I did that were very environmentally minded. And I volunteered for some nonprofits. And I supported them. And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I, I really started to do a deep dive. And when I started my work at Seroplast, I was looking at all of these different ways that I was personally contributing um, and, and thinking about, okay, well, how can I make improvements? And one area where I was kind of shocked at the time, this was in 2010, um, I learned about how polluting the fashion industry is. And that was a real eye-opener for me because quite frankly, I love fashion. I love clothes. I mean, I remember I had a friend once who said, that I give away more clothes than she owned. Because, you know, my thing was, especially being in a dance company with, there were men also, but, you know, a lot, being around a lot of women, you know, I would show up with bags of clothes that I was done with and see right. if anybody wanted any of this stuff. I mean, I, I have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> I love clothes. I love fashion as a means of expression. And, when I learned that the fashion industry was so polluting to the air, to the water, the problems with textile waste, the problems about clothing donations that hardly any of our donations get resold, um, I thought, oh my goodness, I really need to make a change. And I didn't, you know, I didn't say, okay, I'm never buying new clothes again in that moment. I didn't say, oh, I'm going on this shopping ban. But really what wound up happening was, I, I, I pretty much stopped buying new clothes. I mean, even though I was a thrifter and I, you know, I thrifted for cool pieces. I was a thrill of the hunt person. I wanted to find those cool, unique vintage items that nobody else had in their closets. And I can even, you know, think about some of the pieces that I had that I loved that I found thrifting and, you know, a little bit of sadness that I don't have all of those things anymore sometimes, you know, but just really, feeling, um, you know, I have this emotional connection with clothing. And so, but I just really felt that I did not want to be a part of that problem in the way that I knew that I was. And I had a closet full of clothes that I wasn't wearing very much that I was bored with. And honestly, there, there really wasn't anything wrong with them. Um, and that's part of why I love swapping so much because I know that I'm not alone. And, um, and I think that it's great that there are some people that embrace the minimalist approach to dressing and they have 
three shirts and two pairs of pants and a skirt and a couple of dresses and a jacket and they maybe seasonally they freshen it up and they wear just repeat these items but that doesn't really fit my personality um i like variety too much so i do have a little bit of a capsule wardrobe for my day-to-day -day things that i always wear but i really i mean honestly i wear something a few times and i'm and I'm kind of bored with it. And then I'm ready to wear something new. So there I was thinking to myself, okay, well, I obviously have a, a fashion problem. <laughs> I don't want to contribute to the climate crisis in this way. This is such an easy thing to change, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I thought, well, what if I could swap my clothes? Because I had this, this really intense job. I was traveling around the world. I was working long hours. I did not have time to try and sell my clothes online. And back then there weren't as many options as we have today. It's amazing what's happened in a decade <laughs> um, in the online world. But um, you know, back then it would have been going to one of those little brick and mortar shops to try to resell my clothes where they hardly accept anything and they pay you very little for your stuff and they accept one thing and they're like, here's $2. And that never felt really good to me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I didn't have time to create listings on eBay, which was kind of the main thing at that point and try to sell my clothes online. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could swap? And I literally Googled clothing swap Los Angeles. And, <laughs> and I found a little clothing swap club in my neighborhood. Um, it was a brick and mortar. Uh, it happened to be in my neighborhood on the west side of LA, which was just maybe the universe all coming together for me in that moment. And when I joined, it was early days for that swap and they were in this little teeny space where you, know, you climbed up a staircase and it was above a coffee shop and this kind of random neighborhood. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't street facing or anything. It was just like, you brought in your clothes and they had a point system. It was kind of rudimentary, but, you know, I walked in with many bags of clothes. I had a lot. I remember the woman that had started that swap at the time said, wow, you have pretty much more points than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> And I got a bunch of points and I walked out with a whole new wardrobe and I was totally hooked. And I swapped with that group for years. Eventually they moved to a bigger space in Santa Monica, which was a little more fancy. And, um, you know, and they had more members and more stuff. And, and I had two kids during this time. So I swapped my way through gaining 50 pounds each time and then losing the weight. I mean, so I've been a lot of sizes. And I mean, I did get a couple of things new, I, but I literally in the past 10 years, I have bought so few things brand new that I, I actually know what they all are. I don't know that most people could think back on the past decade and think about all the items they purchased brand new. But I, I, I know in my mind, you know, and I always try to get what I want secondhand first anyway, not even just clothing, if it's furniture, a toy for my kid. I mean, I am patient. I will really wait it out. Like I really try to get things secondhand. Um, but yeah, so I swapped with this group for a long time and it was so great. And then they, the woman who was running it wasn't the original owner. She decided she wasn't going to do it anymore. And I was 
devastated because I thought, oh my God, this is so much better than resale or consignment. I, I really didn't want to not swap anymore. Right. And so I, at first I was just kind of sad and then my ideas started percolating. And my husband who works in tech and has his own startup now, but, um, you know, has a whole separate skill set from me where, you know, he really helped to make a lot of swap society possible. Um, but just throwing ideas at him. Oh, what if, what if I did a swap? Mm -hmm. What if it was online? What if we could scale it? What if we could reach more people than, you know, people in our little community on the West side of LA, <clears throat> you know, and, and then just talking about it and, thinking about it and oh well and he'd say oh well we could do this or we could do that or oh and you know I, I would want to have a really great solid point system and how would that work and we just started really hashing it out and decided to launch um an mvp which is minimum viable product so <laughs> you know a slightly functioning version of what our big dreams were uh to see if people would be into it before we kind of evolved it into what it is today um, and yeah, so we launched Swap Society three years ago, uh, but I would say that it's like it's fully functioning self for about the past year. Wow, that's amazing. So learning it from your own personal experience as a swapper and now you are leading the whole community of swappers in your state. So having had that kind of experience, what were the challenges that you faced when you were starting, because obviously you did it for a reason that you saw a problem with how you consume fashion and your relationship with clothes. But with now being that person who leads the swap community, what are the things that you see like the hindrance or the, the deterrent um, reason for people not to swap and how do you guys overcome it? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I would say one, struggle was a personal one and that when I decided to do this I had a three-year-old son and a three-month-old son so I had two babies so that was kind of a crazy moment in time to decide to do something but I, I was so excited <laughs> about this idea that I just did it anyway um, but in terms of swapping in particular I think that you know it's a different concept people aren't as familiar with the experience right so I think even now, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we're always working on our messaging and trying to make it really clear and how it works and that it's like points plus, you know, money and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I think there are a couple of main issues with swapping in general. I think that a lot of people have an expectation that swapping should be completely free. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've experienced <laughs> this. Yeah, but... I see you. <laughs> It's not a swap party with your girlfriends where you do all the work and everybody gets together into swaps with each other. I mean, it's we are providing a service, right? We're going through all of the clothing. Um, if you're a brick and mortar, you have you know certain things that you have to deal with. For us, when we get a bag of clothes, we go through all of the clothes. We check for imperfections to make sure that the garments meet our quality standards. We steam and photograph the items. We, mer you know, merchandising is a huge part of it. We have to create a listing for right. every product on our website. 
every item we have is unique. It's not like a normal retail site where you get a mass volume of certain items in every size and then you just feature those things. Every item is unique and new. And um, we warehouse those items, we pick and pack the orders and ship them. And it's a ton of labor. So right. um, I think that that is, is one issue where people don't necessarily completely understand what it takes, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird to me in a way because it's like, well, people don't bat an eyelash at paying retail markups or even resale and consignment markups. So it's like a funny, it's a funny thing. I think the other challenge is, and especially for us, because we accept all brands, even fast mm. fashion, because I really believe that all wearable clothing should be kept in circulation for as long as possible. Right. And so what's great is that our point system dictates kind of the point value, which is really the right. currency amongst our members. Um, so we're really agnostic to the overall value of the garment. But if somebody is doing resale or consignment, you know, those stores make much more mm. on the designer items. So that's why they only want to do designer, right? They want to have a higher margin per piece, which makes sense as a business. But we're really very mission driven. And we're, you know, we're trying to keep wearable clothing in circulation. We're trying to keep clothes from being landfilled or incinerated. We, you know, all of this clothes that have already had so much of an environmental impact, we want to keep it going as much and as long as possible. And so with that being said, we also accept fast fashion. And so, you know, people are used to paying $5, five US dollars for a brand new t-shirt at Forever 21 or whatever store they're shopping at. And, you know, and so then it's also like, well, why would I, why wouldn't I just buy something new? Right. So sometimes there's also that perception. And I see that that happens with some of the resale also where, you know, I'll see comments on about other services that are kind of similar, but more resale sites where mm -hmm. people say, well, I could buy that gap shirts for new on sale for the same price. Why would I buy it secondhand? And so mm -hmm. there's that. And then I think there's also still a stigma for a lot of people around secondhand clothing. Um, I think that some people don't want to wear secondhand. They think it's less than, or they're worried about germs or, you know, or maybe it's more of a socioeconomic mindset mm -hmm. where they feel like I can afford new things. I don't have to buy secondhand clothes. Um, so I think that um, the swap community, the swap world, we're probably dealing with pretty much all the same kind of challenges. But the good news is secondhand is growing. Awareness about the benefits of secondhand and extending the life of your clothes is growing. More and more people are tying the environmental crisis into how fashion is contributing. Right. And so... You know, I really look at our business as obviously a fun platform for women to mix up their wardrobes and swap, but also on top of that as a platform to really educate and hopefully inspire people so that they understand 
how many gallons of water it takes to make a t-shirt or a pair of new jeans. Um, and, and also I love the visible mending trend. I love seeing more and more people taking on ripped up jeans and painting them or embroidering them with sashiko mending or you know mending a sweater and making it even cooler and more unique and more artful and more of something that is a form of expression right for someone and so i think that i'm hopeful i'm optimistic i think that there's so much opportunity for businesses like ours to grow and right. to reach more people um but yeah that's those are the biggest challenges as i would sum them up right so i'm hearing your challenges because i think it's the same experience that we had um the one that you've cited the first is really explaining the economics of swapping it's so hard for everyone to grasp the whole idea because one they're paying for the membership and then they're giving their clothes so it's like on the onset it, it like it feels like they're giving giving they're not getting anything out of it but realizing that if these are the dead stocks already that you're not using it actually is costing you as well money if you store it in your wardrobe without using it at the same time, earning points from it, it becomes also an investment for you um, that you get new clothes. But again, because it's a new concept, we just need to drive that much education. And second is again, fast fashion or fashion in general um, is pretty much convenient and affordable that having $5 new one versus um, secondhand, obviously the, the first option or the first choice would always be the new one because no one have used it you have the pride of owning it first so that explaining is a hard way for us to do it and of course the last one is the stigma of secondhand and i'm quite surprised because like we do have a couple of experts members um here who are sharing their stories about their secondhand and when i always ask them because i guess among the three problems that we that you've cited or the challenges that you have cited I think the negative stigma is, I would say, the number one um, still challenge in, in Asia in general. And um, people like I mean, members from the US or UK, Europe, um, they would say like, you know, it's we have fully embraced that. So mm. hearing it from you that there is still that, the, the cultural belief, the, the hygiene belief and um, the socioeconomic um, perception of, of doing secondhand, it still is one of your challenge that you see. So having with all of that challenges in your communication and, and how you deal with your customer, how do you do that? At the same time, now that you are um, running it yourself, like what are the main motivations of your members? Why do you do it? Is it purely because of environmental reason or, you know, the same thing that you had experienced? Like, what are that motivations? Sure. Well, I think that, you know, we, we absolutely have focused as a business on reaching out to people that are interested in sustainable fashion. Um, and so I think that that helps us in terms of not having to completely explain everything necessarily, right? It's kind of like if people are aware of us and find us, um, it's probably because they care about sustainability. Now, I know that as a business 
and for us to really scale and grow, we need to move beyond that audience, right, to a wider group of people, um, which I think is definitely the cost conscious person, you know, the woman who wants to save money on fashion or clothes. I think right now, with everything going on in the world, I mean, there's so many horrible things going on in the world. Um, and in the United States also, I mean, we're having a terrible recession. I do think that, you know, there will be women that will be looking for ways to not have to spend so much on clothing. Because even though it might take a moment to get people to understand how our business models work, once you see the value, right. there's no denying that it's a much better value than even buying and selling secondhand at a resale shop. And so, um, you know, again, always working on making that really clear and explaining that. But I think that the value is going to really come there, the, the financial value. And then also that kind of feel good, feeling good about, oh, this is sustainable. I mean, I think that people want to be more sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that swapping is such an easy, simple step that people can take, um, or just secondhand clothes in general, even if it isn't swapping. You know, um, you know, veganism, for example. You know, if more people became vegan or partially vegan or just simply ate less meat, um, that can have such a big impact. But I feel like there are so many cultural challenges there, and. Right. You know, um, that's so much harder, I think, for a lot of people to change their diet in general. Um, but changing how you shop, that's really not that much harder. Um, and then I think also, you know, educating people about how the fashion industry really works. I mean, right. we've been talking a lot about the sustainability piece, but the bottom line and the reality is that the fashion industry is one of the biggest purporters of modern slavery. There are millions of women and children working in slavery um, to make our clothes. And I don't feel good about that. You know, I don't want to go into a store and buy something and know that it was probably made by someone working in really horrible conditions and not making a living wage. Mm -hmm. I don't feel good about that. I feel good finding something cute and fun and knowing that it's secondhand. And then for things like undergarments, I buy them. I, you know, there's a company, I don't know if they are international or not, but there's a company in the US that I buy my underwear from, <laughs> you know, a couple of underwear companies that are like, you know, I buy new underwear, you know, and socks and things like that, but they're organic, but they're not just organic, they're also fair trade. And mm -hmm. so, the combination of those things, you know, caring for the earth and caring for other people and, and being mindful of that is really important to me. Cool. What are your some interesting stories from your members of like how, like the conversion process of like them not loving swapping and now they're like a solid um, supporter or like member of the community? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, most of our members are kind of like me in the sense that once they sign up, they're hooked, right? I mean, it's such a great way to mix up your wardrobe if you just like to mix things up, but also if you are a mom and, and part of the reason that we have kids clothes also is why not? I mean, if you're a mom, 
you know, your kids are growing out of their clothes. And, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our members will send in their kids clothes, but then use their points to get themselves something new, which I always think is really fun. It's like, yeah, treat yourself. You know, grandma bought the kids some fancy something and, you know, they never wore it, you know, and turn that into something for yourself. Why not? But I think that, you know, as women, our bodies change. I mean, men also, but especially women, if you have kids. Um, And so I, I think that, you know, that's really important. But fun member stories. Oh, gosh. I mean, we. I think one thing that's really come up for me personally and not just being a a swapper for someone else's swap but being a part of this industry and this movement is all of the amazing people that i've met um but one kind of little dream and we don't have bridal per se on our site but sometimes we get something in that's really beautiful where i've seen it and thought oh someone could get married in that and so i've right. kind of had a little bit of a fantasy that someone will get married in a swap society dress and i think it's about to happen because one of our members um ordered this gorgeous white beaded dress um because of covid they're going to have a much smaller wedding and they're canceling right. their big wedding and she bought you know, the big gown or whatever. And she said, I I really don't think that that's going to make sense for this small little gathering that we're going to have, you know, probably in my backyard. Um, (laughs) And she said, and I saw this dress on your site and it fits perfectly. She ordered it and it fits perfectly. And she told me that she planned on wearing it to get married in. And I was so happy and excited um, because I think that there is opportunity there. Uh, and so I would love to see more bridal, you know, bridal things coming through. We've gotten a bunch of bridesmaid dresses, but um, but not a ton of like wedding suitable gowns. So I think that that's really fun. That being said, I have not swapped my wedding dress. Um, still in my closet. <laughs> But I really would love to wear it again. I got something that doesn't really look like a wedding dress per se, if that makes sense. It's white, but it's not, you know, I I really want to wear it again. Um, Although with the way the world is right now, who knows when I'll have that opportunity. I'm not exactly going to any black tie parties anytime soon. Um, But I will confess that is one thing that I bought new. I did try really hard to find what I was looking for secondhand. Um, and there are even some websites here in the United States that are specifically for secondhand bridal. Um, mm. But I didn't want the big poofy dress and that's mostly what's available on those sites. Uh, so I wasn't really finding what what fit my mm-hmm. style and personality. Um, and, but it, again, the funny thing is, is if I were to get married today, as opposed to, you know, eight years ago, I think that um, I would have had a different experience because now there are even more secondhand sites out there, you know, where I probably would have had access to even more things that would have been fitting. Like it didn't have to be a wedding dress per se, right? But um, but I, I caved, I, I failed to find a secondhand wedding dress that I loved and I've, I bought something brand new, but I bought it from an amazing designer and you know, it was made to order. I'm nothing has ever fit me as well as this dress. I mean, you know, they measure you <laughs> and they fit it to you. And you know, I got zipped into it and it was like, oh my God, this 
this fits me so perfectly. This is what that couture Great. fuss is all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so post-pandemic, um, were you organizing swap events or you, you were fully um, online? And having said that, what are like the changes that you've seen from that specific situation to now, obviously having um, COVID-19, um, is it more people are swapping? Like what are the trends that you see in the swap community that you have? Sure. I will say that I feel so fortunate to have already been an online platform. So we started online. We are mainly online. We were doing um, a series of in-person events throughout the year, especially during Fashion Revolution Week. And this past April was going to be our biggest swap event ever. And actually Fashion Revolution, um, the focus of their Fashion Week was supposed to be what they were calling the Great Clothes Swap, the Great Fashion Revolution Clothes Swap. And it was going to be an emphasis on swapping. And so we were like, let's go big, let's make this amazing event. And we were going to have workshops and multiple panel discussions and film screenings and just so many cool, fun things. So it was so sad to have to, to cancel it, but obviously, you know, everything stopped and it was April. So it was like a super, still kind of a super new problem back then. Um, and so for us, it's really changed our year because we, we did plan on also having a swap event in the summer with Remake, another nonprofit in the space. And they were going to really be focused on swapping in the summer. And we, so we had some kind of talks about what we were going to do for that. And, and they were also going to be a partner for our Fashion Revolution Week event. And so it, for us, I think the main thing that's really changed for us is how do we create more virtual excitement because yes we're always online and you can visit us anytime but there's a certain sense of community that we don't have right now that we used to have um because we're not gathering in person and i don't know when we'll resume in-person right. events um and so and yeah and i'm wondering for you i mean what how are so you're a, you're a retail store do you have certain covid rules in place for when people are coming in to swap in person? Mm, yes, definitely. I mean, it changes well the dynamics of how we operate the business post and pre-pandemic. Um, so we have a lot of preventive measures that we need to that it's mandated by the government. So we have this QR system where you need to log in before you enter to the shop. We need to check your temperature. You need to sanitize your, um, you need to sanitize your, your hands. And for the items that is fitted, um, we have like a designated rack for us to put that back and have it steamed again. So again, it's additional process for us, but also it's a good way to ensure that, you know, we are not um, putting anyone at risk um, when they are swapping. So that has been like the new practice now. Um, I'm not sure how, how long it's gonna last, um, but so far, because again, we're a physical shop, that's something that we have to cover. Um, but so far, so good. Everyone has been so um, helpful in terms of, you know, putting the clothes in the rack and understanding that we can only fit as much people that we can because we are observing social distancing. Um, it's not as like before that 
like 10 groups of people can just come in together and have fun. But now it's, it's, it's a maximum of five in a group and you need to observe um, the one meter distance um, whenever you are in the shop. So that has been our new normal. And so far we are yeah. trying to adapt to it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and for us, you know, at first there was so little knowledge or information about coronavirus and how it mm -hmm. spread. And there wasn't a lot of information at first about how long it can live on clothing. Yeah. Um, and so that was something that we did a lot of research on as well, because we wanted to make sure that even though we were online, that we, you know, that we were making good decisions. And, and actually, I have a good friend who's from Taiwan, and I asked her to search, and they've done such a great job with coronavirus and COVID. They did, they did. did. And, um, and I actually just asked her to even do some research because I don't speak or read Mandarin whatsoever um, yet anyway, <laughs> who knows, you never know. But, um, uh, you know, I was like, can you do some research for me and see what kind of information is out there because you know i couldn't really find anything here in the states right away we steam our clothes so it was good to know that you know that that kills you know that they can't survive the high heat of steaming but one thing that was really helpful was just learning that the consensus at that time seemed to be that there was no way that clothes could have a viable virus on them for more than 12 hours and so, you know, by the time clothes get shipped to us, nothing was arriving same day, right. um, you know? And so it was like, okay, this is fine. We can continue. <laughs> we are going to be okay, you know? And, and it's been absolutely fine, which is so great. But I mean, but there was a worry and we have had to change our operations because, you know, we don't, as a team, you know, we don't want to get sick or get each other sick. And so, you know, we've had, to come up with some creative ways to not work, be working in such close, yep. close quarters yep. together. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, in relation to us adapting to the new normal, um, in your own word, what do you think if you are have to choose, what could be that one thing that you think the swap movement would be mainstream? Like, what is the aspect that you see? Is it going to be, you know, make it cooler, uh, make it sexy, or is it going to be understanding, you know, the process of how clothes are produced and the negative impact. So what could be that one thing for you based, you know, running Swap Society? And you have been an advocate of swapping since 2010. So it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of, of good experience and you've seen how it evolved. You've seen um, the different changes, I would say. So if you have to say one thing, what will it be? I think it needs more exposure. Um, and I think that uh, film and television could be a great help to the movement um, so that people even become aware of this concept as being out there and also being cool and fun and all of that kind of stuff. I think that social media is great and helpful, but I think that, you know, I look at what a movie like The True Cost has done and I, I, right. I feel like so many people saw that movie and then they completely changed their fashion consumption. And so I think that, um, that media like that could be very powerful. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I I think that also, you know, we do live in a world that's very celebrity focused. So right. I think that having you know, celebrities jump, more and more celebrities jumping on board. I mean, there are already celebrities that are interested in swapping and into swapping, but I think that more and more of that, just more conversations, more magazine articles, more, you know, people doing it, just making it seem like this normal thing, this fun thing that people do. But do you think with the mainstream media and the celebrities, biggest swapping, I would say it is not, for the lack of better word, the enemy of fashion, because if we keep talking about swapping and encourage everyone to swap, would it cannibalize the fashion business because no one is gonna buy new things? So what, what's your take on that? Like, how do you reconcile the idea of having a, a thriving industry at the same time, a thriving environment, but we can still also express ourselves through fashion, which we both love of, of doing and why we engage in the fashion industry in the first place. Yeah, I, I really believe that people, there are always going to be people that want new things. And I even think that whoppers, a lot of people that are really into swapping are going to sometimes want new things. Mm. Uh, and that's why our hashtag is swap before you shop, because it's kind of like try to swap before you go out and buy something new. If you can't swap it, buy it secondhand. If you can't buy it secondhand, buy it from an ethical and sustainable brand, you know, and then kind of go through this, this process or, you know, like this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I really hope that people overall make a change because you know you're you're talking about the overall industry and it's like the industry is harming the earth it's it's doing so much damage it mm. really needs to change overconsumption needs to stop we cannot we are using more resources on the earth than the earth has to offer the earth cannot regenerate itself fast enough to make up for what we're taking from it. And so, you know, and for something like fashion, you know, on the one hand, you know, I think that when you look at environmental organizations, they rarely talk about fashion. Climate scientists are not talking about fashion. But I think that it's really a missed opportunity because it's such low hanging fruit. It's clothing. I mean, really, how much clothing do we really need? This is a modern manifestation. So, I mean, I joke about how much I love fashion and I love new things, but if I didn't have swapping, for example, if I didn't own a clothing swap or had a member of a clothing swap club, I definitely would not be rapidly mixing up my wardrobe so much. I do it because I have this access and it's all secondhand and, you know, and all of that. But we really need to get our priorities in order as humans living on this earth. And so the fashion industry needs to get smaller. It, you know, and drastically change the way that it operates and drastically change its supply chain. And, you know, these things just really need to happen. You know, these 52 micro seasons a year that fast fashion has brought, you know, there used to be, two, you know, two collections a year, right. fall, winter and spring, summer. And then, you know, and then it was like, okay, 
spring and then summer and then fall and then winter. Okay, four things. And then we have the cross collection. Like we have six now in a year. How, okay. <laughs> Who needs It's just that? too much. And it's, it's a, you know, I'm a, I'm a marketer by background. You know, I've, I, I understand, um, you know, the, the problems with that, right? But I mean, we are, we are constantly being marketed to as humans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there's this like, I get it, companies want growth. They right. want to be successful. They want to see better numbers year over year. But then there becomes a responsibility that we as humans need to take and look at what we've done mm -hmm. and for what purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for things that are, and the bottom line is like, we need clean water to drink clean air to breathe. Mm -hmm. We need shelter. You know, yeah, we could use some good shoes so our feet stay protected and some comfortable clothes that protect us from the elements. But really, like, that's all that we need. And I love art and I love creativity. And so I would love to be able to enjoy fashion um, going forward, but not in a way that harms other people or the planet. Wow, that is so good, Nicole. And um, that's not even my last question yet. <laughs> I hear you, like, absolutely, like, agree with you. Like, when fast fashion was invented um, two decades ago, it was definitely for a good reason that they would want to de democratize the fashion industry so everyone can afford to express themselves in, in, in the way that they would want to through clothes. But now we have not predicted or we have not foreseen the problems that would come with it and because now that we are more aware it's really time to change and redefine not just what success is but you know how what things um how things the relationship of things with us so it's really is the time for us now to revisit what we believe in and how we define everything because it this would just fuel the type of future that we would want to see and definitely hear you of like the fashion industry has a broken system that it needs to be fixed and the pandemic or the coronavirus really accelerated that belief at the same time the urgency to to take action so my last question is i don't want to um take so much of your time the last question would be is um what do you think is the power of swapping to you what is the power of swapping to me? I would say that the power of swapping to me is the power to have all the fun and form of self-expression and all of the fun, good stuff of fashion without the guilt and you know, without, without having an, such a big negative impact on the earth and and our fellow humans i think for me that's so powerful and for me it's also such a great conversation piece right everybody wears clothes right um everybody wears clothes i mean even the nudists they wear clothes some of the time right you can't right. be nude everywhere you know everybody wears clothes and so i feel like it's also this gateway where you can really talk to people and get them thinking about their consumption and how they might be having an impact. And obviously individual action is not the full picture, right? We have to urge governments mm 
to act. It, it needs, you know, we need to transform the way that corporations operate. There are all of these things that we need to get together if we're going to have a chance of really making a difference in the climate crisis. And sometimes I do feel kind of a little superfluous, right? It's like, oh, I'm swapping clothes and yeah, there's a there's an impact, but it's, you know, we still have this massive problem, but I feel like it's so relatable. Um, and it's a topic where you can really talk to anyone about it and and hopefully, have a little thing in the back of their mind. And I know it's working because even within my personal circle, I mean, people that I've known my whole life or half my life, they may not be swap society members. They may not be swapping all of them. They're not all swapping, right? But they'll see an article. Like I remember when Jane Fonda came out and said the red coat she bought was the last coat she was ever going to buy. I can't even tell you how many people sent me that article where they're like, Oh, Nicole, I thought of you when I saw this. Um, and it's like, so the seeds are being planted, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Even, if the, even if the change hasn't happened, even if those people aren't swappers yet, they're thinking about it. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's on their mind. <laughs> Yeah, I think change will not happen overnight. So again, it's the seed, the little seeds that you plant every day, every conversation. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God. I don't want to end this. Such a fun and insightful discussion with you, Nicole. But thank you so much for your time. Um, and I hope to see you someday. I know. Hopefully we can see each other in person someday. That would be so much fun. I would love that. <laughs> cool. Of course, of course. Thank you so much again for everyone for tuning in. Um, hope this discussion has given you different insight about what swapping is secondhand and also enjoy and felt the our passion for fashion. <laughs> Have a great day. Well, you too. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope the power of swapping has empowered you to take a step farther towards a more sustainable lifestyle. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to subscribe, share it with your friends, and even give us a topic that you would want us to cover next. Thanks for listening. Stay fashionably sustainable. Mm -hmm.